If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this brand spanking new episode of Mind Pump, so fresh. For the first 38 minutes, uh, we have fun. We do our introductory portion of this episode. After that, we get into the fitness talk. But here's what we talked about for the first 38 minutes. We start out by talking about the skinny dipped battle. Uh, we Who's eating all of our skinny dipped almonds? It's a battle royale. Yeah, we don't know. All we know is Adam has five bags at home all to himself. And they are one of our sponsors. If you go to skinny dipped dot com forward slash mind pump and enter the code mind pump you'll get 20 percent off uh then we talked about the manhattan beach viori event we have another live event coming up on june 6th this one's different than the other ones because this one we're gonna hang out with you beforehand we're gonna have some beers hang out shake hands uh have a great time then we'll go shopping at viori and then we'll do a live q a i think as of the airing of this episode There should be a few spots available. Go to mindpumplive.com and sign up. Again, it's June 6th at beautiful Manhattan Beach in Southern California. We're going to get crazy. And of course, we are sponsored by Viore, the maker of the most amazing athleisure wear. Is that how you're supposed to say it? Yeah. I love it. I wear it all the time. Anyway, if you go to Viore Clothing, V-U-O-R-I, clothing.com forward slash mindpump, and use the code that's listed on that webpage, you'll get 25% off. Then Adam brought up the taxi medallion uh, scandal and the gig economy. Uh, Ford laying off 7,000 people. That's not good. Mm. Uh, We talked about the Game of Thrones prequel that people are talking about. And then I bring up the concept of overtraining versus undertraining. Then we get into the fitness part of this episode. First question, uh, this person talks about love handles and how love handles are the last thing to go. Uh, along with the lower belly uh, fat. What do we have to say about that? Like, how do you get rid of that? What's the Mm. problem? Why are they so hard to get rid of? Next question, uh, what are the best exercises that will transfer to athletics? What are the best exercises to do if you want to be a better sports person? (laughs) Sports person, I like that. Next question, is there any truth behind roid rage? This is the belief that if you take anabolic steroids, you'll just be pissed off and angry all the time. Hulk smash! And the final question, what kind of dating advice are we going to give or do we give to our sons? Also, this month, MAPS hit our most effective fat-burning program in the short term that we have available is 50% off. Remember, HIT stands for High Intensity Interval Training. MAPS HIT is a program with barbell and dumbbell complexes. It's all 50% off. Just go to MAPS. Hit.com, M A P S H I I T.com, and use the code HIT50, H I I T 50 for the discount. Dude, how, I feel bad for, for Rachel. I, <laughs> I asked her why we don't have any more skinny dipped in stock. Justin asked her. Yeah. You asked her, although you, Adam, have five bags at home. Bro, we got cases. At home? No. When they came in, <laughs> listen, listen, Linda. When it came in, it came in in a case of, we must have had nine boxes and about 15 or 20 of those individual bags. I took five of the chocolate mint large bags. You fucker. And I put it in my freezer at my house, and I still have some in there. That's some serious real estate, dude. You fucks. 
have been eating them every single day in here. Well, well you know, know what, though? Day, but there's but... a difference, though. We didn't mm. hoard them in our home. Yeah, that's not very... I, we you didn't know, hide them you in our know home. Why I did. Oh, you know what? You know, you know why, why I did? Because you guys would be eating them all the time. I know why you did. Because mm. it looks really nice in the free barbecue you got from Mind Pump, too. <laughs> 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 I want skin. You know what would be nice right now? Bro, One you of those look, five bags. You have came oh, up on thousands of dollars of supplements per month. Let's change the subject. You are notorious. I Take what you guys don't this want. This is also true. I'm pretty sure you guys don't want to experiment with every supplement. You don't want a barbecue. You don't even know how to light a barbecue. With, yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> you guys don't even like the peanut butter flavor. Just leave me those. The peanut butter flavor is amazing. I just want the chocolate mint ones. Favorite. That's why I feel like. Okay, so uh, can we claim? Yeah, let's claim ahead of time. I want chocolate mint. What are you gonna go with, Sal? Espresso? I'll either do the raspberry or the dark chocolate or the espresso. I'll go. take all three of those. Uh, which one do you I want, mean, Doug? Doug, which one is your? I'll do the chocolate. The dark dark chocolate is Doug's. Dark chocolate. Peanut butter is you. Peanut butter chocolate. Raspberry espresso or dark chocolate. This guy's claimed in three. I just say it. You're not gonna leave me for the staff. You could have raspberry espresso. No, I like I like the the mint ones too. Whoa, whoa! Don't intrude on this. I already claimed it. I'm not saying I'm gonna. I'm not trying to take. We just divided lines, Sal. We did. So here's the deal. Actually, to be honest with you, my favorite flavor is the peanut butter. But the reason why I don't eat the peanut butter is because it's made with. Because you care about me. No, there's a little bit of non-fat dry milk in it. No, that's what the other ones. Christina Rice was throwing a tummy problem. The other ones just have the other ones have milk fat. So I can do milk fat. I can't do milk protein. I can do all the milk. So I'm yeah, good. <laughs> you probably do you make? I know what you do, bro. With your little your peanut butter skinny dip, yeah. you make cereal. Oh yeah. <laughs> he pours it in a bowl. Just, in a bowl of cereal. Just yeah. Shredded cheese. Just, just, cheese. Put some cheese right yeah, on it. I pour espresso on top of that. In between bites, he sucks and on then the. I watch Star on Wars. On the <laughs> just get bro. The free. other day when we were at the gym after we worked out at Club Sport, and then we get done. Oh yeah. And everybody gets. And I, yeah. I, I actually love. Oh, yeah. I love their little. I mean, they got a great little. You know what do you call that? Kiosk thing. Yeah, kiosk yeah. food. Oh, is that Club food. Sport? Yeah, Club Sport. Yeah, they have like like little meals like, and they're pre. Oh, portions. little meals. They got they got boiled yeah. eggs, smoothies, great smoothies, salmon, right. chicken breast, we, rice, veggies. We all order. I'm not even paying attention to what everybody orders. We sit down. You have a smoothie. Yeah, I've got it. I've got the champion. Smoothie. I have chicken, rice, and and, and broccoli. Yes, because you don't like chewing anything. And apparently. and Justin is literally sitting there <laughs> with string cheese, two cheese sticks. Yeah, <laughs> like a kid. two string cheese. Like and really, all the choices. Dude, that used to be in my real estate when I would go into class. <laughs> like everybody was trying to steal my string cheese. You just sit there with so this. now I'm, it's like, no, this is mine. I'm an adult. You know I, what you almost bought? But I yeah, know you didn't because you knew you'd get judged by us. What? You don't lie, to be honest what? with you. You saw the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches they had. No. Yeah, you almost got that. I don't eat that shit. Yeah, you did. Nah. You don't like peanut butter sandwiches? I mean, it's all right, but I'm like, no, I can't do like, the, no, I'll do cheese, dude. I'll do like oh, a okay. block of cheese before I eat that shit. Yeah. Have you tried peanut butter on cheese? No, that's not good. You don't think that would be good? No, it's not a good combo. Um, what the hell are you talking about? It's isn't alchemy. That, isn't that weird how some things that are great alone, but you combine them, it's gross? No, no. peanut butter chocolate is well, that's, like that's the a, uh, old science there, buddy. Yeah, yeah I know what it yeah. is. <laughs> science yeah, guy? Yeah, I know yeah. what that's what they call it. I also it. had a banana, just for the record. Yeah. Yeah. And like that mattered. He's like a child. That's because he felt guilty. Yeah. He's like, fuck, I can't. He's like, no, uh, I, I'll take uh, three of those string cheeses. Uh, oh, fuck, he looks back. Something else. He looks at the two of us, he goes, uh, uh, and a banana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So I could say, I mean, that's the only fruit they had, though. I would have gone like anything else. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of bananas. It's just, I always tease Justin, too, like whenever we go out to eat, because every once in a while we'll, we'll forget that he hates certain things like fish. He just does not eat fish. Yeah, I hate it. And so I'll joke with him and we'll be on our way to a restaurant 
And it's like it's gonna be sushi or something, and then you can see Justin's fucking. Like, yeah, pissed. but they got chicken nuggets, dude. <laughs> like, fuck you. You did that to him the other day, and you actually fucked him. We are on our way. So Danny's taking us to. We go at the the last trainer talk we just did, and uh, Danny, Danny. First of all, Danny fucked up on how he was selling it. So, uh, yeah. so Danny horrible needs, job. Danny needs to work on his sales skills. Yeah. Horrible. You know, say because I asked him. I said, Hey, Danny, can you take us somewhere good to eat? He goes, Where do you want to go eat? And I said, Well, somewhere, somewhere healthy, right? Somewhere healthy, but you know, one of your. And just, this is his town, right? So, what does that even mean? Yeah, that's exactly. What he goes, yeah. oh, I don't know. What does that mean? You want Thai? You want this? I'm like, Well, dude, we don't need to get super ethnic. Just bring us something. Just take us somewhere that's yeah, that's good. A good yeah, balanced nice. meal. And so he was just like, well, uh, maybe, uh, and he gave that kind of that answer, right? And so we're driving, and on the way over to this, uh, it wasn't a Thai place. Where was it? Was it a Vietnamese? Oh, yeah, yeah. Thai. Yeah, it was a Vietnamese yeah. place, right? Yeah, yeah. And on the way over there, Sal's fucking with Justin the I'm whole like, way. I'm like, yeah, they'll have yeah, hot dogs and nuggets there, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got me. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> and so, fuck all that. And so we pull up, and there's a Chipotle. Is that where you went, Chipotle? I went Chipotle. So yeah, there's across the street is a Chipotle. Justin goes over there. and then The we Americanized go, Mexican. We go into this this restaurant, which was bomb.com oh, incredible um, steak oh, rice I, I had f- cubed filet mignon right. rice and vegetables yeah. it was so amazing and then justin ate that made his- me angry dude because <laughs> i would have totally got in on that action oh i knew you would have loved yeah. it i was like oh this poor guy this sal is fucking i just didn't you. trust anybody at that point i just beelined it out of the car i'm like That's i'll see saying. you guys later between between danny's indecisiveness and sal fucking with you it was yeah. a recipe for like right, disaster out. for you You know what would have worked adam is if we teased him about going to chipotle because you know justin he'll just do the op like you tell him to do something <laughs> reverse psychology yeah, 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 like, yeah oh you're probably yeah, yeah. yeah but then i would have known you were doing that so you know i would have flipped <laughs> it right back on you is how that would have worked out yeah Dude, so you know what i'm you know what i'm excited about inception you know what i'm excited about what the so you know how we've been doing the the events the live events and the structure that we've been doing the it. trainer ones or the viore ones no no the viore one, the trainer ones are great too but the 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 ones that we've been doing where we we meet our our listeners our fans um, like I the like one we did. Call, I like when you call them listeners better. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, fans you know, feels weird. It, yeah, what? Fans just feels. weird. I don't weird. like saying that. Uh, yeah, it's say so listen, stupid. Say it's, listeners. It sounds so supporters. It sounds yeah. so like no, that sounds re- that sounds silly. <laughs> that, that sounds really bad. silly. Yeah, yeah. 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 listeners. That sounds it. like we're going through something terrible. Thanks for supporting me. Support me. I have kids. And fans just sounds pretentious and yeah, listeners. Yeah, listeners sounds. Yeah. Anyway, so followers. I love these. No, I hate that too. I'm not Jesus. Sorry. Evangelize. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry. But I, 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 what I like about these events, um, or, or the structure, I should say, because the next one we're about to do, I'm excited about the structure that we've been doing it just for the audience is typically what we do is, is, you know, we have anywhere between, you know, 50 to 150 people show up. Um, and then we come out and we do our, you know, we talk to them and then we do kind of a live Q and A and get to meet people. And then afterwards we hang out with them. And so in San Jose, what we did is we hung out and had a few drinks with them at the last one we did in Encinitas. We went to a bar afterwards and had a great time and, and, and drink. And to be honest with you, that's my favorite part because that's when we get to really talk to people and meet with them. What I like about the Viore event, the next one we're doing in Manhattan beach is we do that first. Yeah. So we're going to come out and hang out and have beers with everybody. We're going to get loose quick. Yeah, That's going to be so great. I'm yeah. a little nervous. Why? Well, it's just because we're going to drink before the Q&A. So oh, man. who knows where the Q&A is going to get sloppy? They're going to learn the true. Nah. <laughs> the true. Nah, I won't get sloppy. But I, I tell you what, though. That's definitely a recipe for uh, for me spending a lot of money, too. Because I already like. I love all of Viore's gear. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're going to drink and then buy a beverage. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going to be like, ooh, yeah, like this. I know. I, I think I got 10. Items for for Courtney. 
at the last time we were viewing. Yeah. Yeah. What and, did you, did you do well, something she bad? Found, I found out later that like there was at least three or four items for her good friend that she works out with. And she just like tagged that onto the order. And I'm like, how dare you? Like she, I'm doing everybody shopping for them. You know, like, uh, come on. I have like things to do. Your wife made you buy her friend clothes. Yeah. I was like, I thought it was for you. <laughs> no, well, this is for my friend. Thank God they hook it. I, I don't know if we announced, did we announce that last time? Like the people, the audience should know that when we go to these events. So Viore is you get hooked up. Yeah. They yeah. don't do, they don't really do discounts. They do the discount through the mind pump, right? It's the first time you purchase. But if you're there also that you get the discount again, and so, uh, I mean, I, I had spent with, without the discount, it was over a thousand dollars on stuff. Easily. So the hook, thank God no, for but the hookup. I, that I am really excited to, to hang out. Cause that's my favorite part of this whole thing is, is being able to talk to people, hear their impact. I ask them questions like, you know, you know, do you have any feedback for us and how have we helped you if we've helped you? And, and you know, what are things you think that we should focus on? What do you like that we talk about? Because, um, the, 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 the one drawback about talking on a podcast or, or doing new media is that we don't get to we don't get to see what's really working in real time. We don't get that feedback. And so I like to hear from people things like, oh, I like it when you do an episode just talking about a basic concept like how to train your legs or whatever. And it gives me ideas of how we can make the show better. So I'm excited that we get to do that first, get to meet people first. And I wonder, how do you guys think that's going to change our style because we normally do the where we do the live questions, but now we'll do the live questions after mm. we've hung out with everybody. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to like it more or less yet. I haven't, you mm. know, I haven't decided. To I'm, be determined. I'm interested in doing it different. I'm I'm open to us trying different things. I mean, every time we've done it, I feel like it's evolved and gotten better no matter what. So, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's a, it'll be a learning experience whether it ends up being better uh, mm. or worse. I think no matter what, we'll come out the other end. I forgot. Uh, I should have asked. Show. I should have asked this. In fact, before going over, or is it sold out yet? Uh no, there's still uh, some tickets left. Yeah, oh, okay, some left. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. So people can go. Uh, what's the site? Is it Mind Pump Live still, Doug? Yeah, mindpumplive.com. Yeah, mindpumplive.com, and then it's on the sixth, uh, uh, June sixth, Manhattan Beach. What time? Does uh, anybody know what time? It says on the website. So it says yeah, on the site. Right. Jesus, don't ask all these hard yeah. questions. details. My God, God. Yeah. it wasn't planned. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, uh, change the subject. Uh, who was it that brought up? Somebody was it you, Adam, that said you want to talk about tax medallion scal- uh, scandal, and then that's it. Oh yeah, so you know one of the the uh, taxi medallions that um, like are you talking about the ones in New York? Yeah, mm. and so what was really common? You know, you you, you remember when they were uh, trying to. Um, uh, ban Uber and Lyft and everything for the longest yeah. time. Well, and- people need to know what this is. So a taxi medallion, you need to buy in order to own and operate a taxi in New York. And there were only a limited amount of these that were put out. And right. at one point, one medallion was worth something like $700,000. Bro, $1.5 Oh, $1.5 even yeah, more. So wow. they, they, yeah, so they they reached to limits of like $1 to $1.5 million for a medallion. Because there's so limited supply of these. Yes. And that that's what the point that I was bringing up. So- What's interesting to me is the 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 this um, the people that were giving the loans out for these medallions were the real hustlers and all this. It was inevitable. It was a bubble that was going to burst no matter what, even if Uber and Lyft didn't come on scene. Now they've used Uber and Lyft as a scapegoat. So a lot of these people that you know have lost their their taxi business and it's been this like we've well people were mortgaging their homes to buy these medallions so they could drive a taxi. Yeah, and make thirty to fifty thousand dollars a year. With a million dollar loan, do wow. the math on that. Yeah, 
Like that's what I mean by it's being a, paid off. exactly a bubble that was eventually going to burst no matter what. It's just like the 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 housing crisis is just like the education crisis. Yeah, frivolous loans that they're now. Just how was it? Out. How do they think the? How are they positioning that the bubble would burst without the competition of Uber and Lyft? Well, it, just simply that the same way that we we are talking about what's going to happen with school loans and what happened with the home loans. Mm. It's just the math doesn't make sense when you look at the average taxi. Uh, what he makes or she makes in a year, and you look at a what a million dollar or a one point five million dollar loan looks like on a business like that. Do the math. The, the the time that you would have to take to in order to pay that, you would never pay that off. You would mm-hmm. spend the rest of your life basically paying the interest off just to to, to keep it. Now you're talking about the salary of a taxi driver, <laughs> but the person who owns the taxi could make a lot more, right? Yeah, so they were they were making a they could be making money off of the off yeah. the people. But that's uh, why the medallions are so expensive. I mean, the reason why they were so expensive is because they and it was it's a racket. It was all a racket. Right. It, it, this was the combination of government and big business and they made laws saying we could only sell this many. And in a city like New York where there's tons and tons of people. This is look it was notorious. People made jokes about how hard it was to get a taxi in New York. Mm-hmm. That was like a common joke. Like, oh my God, I can never get a taxi. It's impossible. And it's because they artificially uh, propped the price up by by reducing the supply while the demand was high. And so, of course, the value went through the roof. It, it, would, it was going to drop as soon as the there were more medallions available or fucking Uber. You can't even sell a medallion now. Do you know that? Yeah. I saw this documentary wow. where this guy was, he mortgaged his home. He owned a taxi, but he also drove it. Um, and he he's like, I can't even sell it. He's like, nobody wants to buy it anymore. It's not worth anything. So the point I'm making is that we they try to demonize Uber and Lyft over the whole the whole thing crashing, but it was inevitable that it was going to burst eventually, course, anyways, because yeah, it, because it was model. yeah because it was a total freaking scam to begin with. And people should have. And I didn't know, know that. I I assumed that it was like Uber and Lyft that disrupted that entire space. It, they just accelerated it, right? They just came in and it completely accelerated the process. But it was it was inevitable that that was going to collapse. There's a few markets like that, like you know the oil market, the international oil market, the mm-hmm. the OPEC nations all decide how many barrels of oil the release or not and that helps dictate the price because if you just flood the market with a supply of oil the price will automatically drop mm-hmm. uh, diamond uh, I've, I've read that diamonds are the same thing that there's a few families that owned the diamond mines and they restrict the supply in order to keep the price uh, really really high yeah and this is just uh, I mean, if, if you own all the supply and you want to restrict it yourself, that's fine. But when you partner with government to make laws, because the laws literally said you could not drive a taxi in New York unless you owned a uh, a medallion. And of course, you ha- can only buy a medallion from the government and they only sold however many, like 10,000 or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So then, you know, of course that shit's going to, at some point the technology is going to come out where... You know, it's easy to outcompete that now. Uber comes out; anybody could drive an Uber. There's no limit to it. There's no laws saying you can't, you know, drive an Uber car. Mm-hmm. People are calling Ubers left and right because taxis are so hard to get. Crash. Well, one of the best ways to know that you're on, you're in heading the right direction with a right, the right, uh, the right business model or a good business model is when you are disrupting these things. I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, I like to think a, a, a lot of what we're doing is disrupting our space too. I mean, we. Uh, when you look at uh, the people that had a lot of the good information as far as health and fitness, uh, the, the gatekeepers were it was a it was pay, a paywall, a paid wall mm-hmm. to get access to a, a, a lot of that information. 
um, and or those that were uh, that have gotten really popular on YouTube or famous. It's like one individual who is who's kind of controlling all the information and making all the money. Or it's like, dude, it know, got we, ridiculous if you could think about it. Like some guys in kettlebell programs and where they're like selling it for five thousand dollars, you know, just to have access to like some movements. And like now you have people on YouTube giving that away for free. Yeah, and it's like it's 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 crazy to me that uh, there's still people still trying to push that model out there because it's i mean it it is obviously it's an exclusive like uh like process of of gaining that knowledge and like going and doing the work to to acquire it but now it's like it's i mean information itself is so readily accessible yeah and people are like oh no you know the gig economy it's bad because it's it's making things so much less expensive and so much more available but no i mean if you look at the growth of the economy over the last 10 years how many jobs have been added? Do you know a, a, a large percentage went to the gig economy? And a lot of the jobs in the gig economy give people an incredible amount of flexibility. Like mm-hmm. every time I get picked up, because I always use Uber. I use Uber uh, quite a bit. Like if Jessica and I are going to go out on a weekend, we'll use Uber. Obviously, every time I go to the airport, I use Uber. And then when we travel, we use Uber. And I always ask them like, you know, hey, were you a taxi driver before? Why do you do this? I'm, I'm very curious. And a lot of these people are like in between jobs. No, I got laid off or I lost my, so I started doing this or I'm doing this to supplement my income. Or I met one guy who he does investments. And one of the reasons why he would drive Uber is so he could meet more potential clients. Yeah. Like think of all those different opportunities. Yeah, because all the opportunities that they present. Well, that's what my buddy ever does. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And he, he strategically does it during the hours that you would pick uh, business men and women up from the airport. Smart. Mm-hmm. So he, he hangs out at areas like that. Making where, money to prospect. Uh-huh. No, mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a, a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. Speaking of 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 gig and also jobs. Did you see that Ford is going to be laying off 7,000 people? Yeah. $600 million a year in salaries. Wow. Axing. Yeah. They just can't keep up, dude. They can't keep up. And Ford was like the staple here of, uh, you know, the rock, the one that did not get, you know, they were able to pursue through all that whole collapse. Well, and this is, and I brought that up because you just brought that up, Sal, is, I mean, this is the counter argument to that. Like, this is what people are, you know, Sure, the gig economy is creating all these other jobs. But it's also causing people to potentially lose their jobs. So then, what we what will get highlighted is this, right? This will be highlighted, of course, on the news. Is like, oh my god, like it's all a, these people losing their jobs. It's a market correction. Um, I, I remember years ago, I watched this documentary on these these towns in India where they were known for making um, these particular types of rugs. I think it was rugs. And because they were known for it, their local governments passed laws saying that that workers had to be be paid this much and you had to use this specific type of equipment. So as things became more advanced and companies were using machines and stuff to make these rugs, uh, these people were supposedly protected by the law. So no, you can't use those machines. You have to use these, these kind of archaic uh, pieces of equipment. Well, everybody lost anyway because they couldn't compete with the greater efficiency. And so- you're going to see a lot of market corrections like that. It's not. It's bad if you're a Ford employee. It's bad, right? If you're one of the people that's that's been laid off, yeah. that definitely sucks. But on on the whole, you're looking at more, greater efficiencies in the market. And I think the the automobile market is going to be very interesting thing to look at in the next twenty years or so because of things like uh, you know self driving cars yeah. 
and, well, and it's how the, it's going to be. What does it look like now with the economy? Like, has the numbers of people actually buying and owning cars dropped substantially? Uh, or oh, that's a good question. Like, like what? Uh, what's the determining? Uh, factor in terms of like 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 why uh, th- there's less interest in, in buying these vehicles. So that is that that's part of the prediction and why they're heading this direction is to is because it's becoming less and less popular to own vehicles. And I think it's what they the article talked about was not that it's uh, I don't know if the numbers support this yet, but that they they think it's peaked. Hmm. That it's we're at we we've peaked we've hit the all time high of. People buying vehicles, new vehicles on a regular basis, Uber, Lyft, things like that, um, are, are becoming more and more popular, and it's being uh, less common that somebody runs out and buys a new vehicle right mm-hmm. away. They, these all these shared types of services are popping up now. That's another thing too, like your zip cars. That's really in the city. That's hep- that's really popular. Oh, dude, oh, yeah. I, I have a, a lot of family and friends in San Francisco. None of them own cars. They either yeah. use Uber or zip cars, or they'll rent those bikes, those electric <laughs> bikes, or they have these. Uh, ride-sharing services, or these, uh, I should say, rental car services that are not like your typical ones. It's literally no, it's like a, it's, person to person. Yes, yeah, like VRBO for cars. Yes. Yeah, oh, I could so. have, I could, I could rent my truck out to you for the the weekend. Dude, my for- brother will spend a hundred bucks, drive down to San Jose in a sick ass car, and it's because some owner of a BMW or whatever is not driving it during the week because during the week they live in the city, so they just walk. And so, like, I might as well make money off of my car. Yeah. And they put this app on, and someone comes picks up the car drives it yeah. oh dude it's gonna it's gonna be interesting and yeah. when self-driving cars really become a thing and i have no idea how long that's going to take because of regulations and laws right, yeah who knows but when that becomes a thing very few people are going to own a car it's like a horse like very few people own horses nowadays like why would you own a car when you have to spend money to maintain it the cost of buying the car the cost of insurance when it's going to be cheaper, the storage of it, all that stuff. Yeah, you got well, all to, the space to store. To it. your point, like horses, it'll become a luxury. Totally. Yeah, yeah it'll become a luxury. You thing have to drive well. it on your own private road. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. telling you, the, the the rise of like tracks and like off road courses and shit. I bet you that's going to be a thing. Probably you know, for the adventure of it. You have to like driving it yourself. You'll have to have an automated car like pull it to your yeah. this track, yeah. and then you can get in and drive it. And one day you could tell your grandkids like. I used like, to have see to, this is a stick shift. The question know. will be is will will things like classic cars stuff like that will it drive the 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 price of those up or will it actually I think so. I think I those think will some increase cars, in value. Yeah, yeah. muscle yeah. cars and like you know the, I think those will just keep gaining uh you know and rising in in uh, uh, equity. Yeah, some some cars I would imagine would go up because they're they've got that value that nostalgia. Mm. Yeah. And there's there's obviously at some point you know dr- cars you drive yourself are going to be quite rare. I mean, think about it. Like, I bet you we're going to be laughed at by our grandkids. Yeah. So I know you saw the the uh, Game of Thrones big ending finale. The, the underwhelming. Yeah. The underwhelming. <laughs> the, 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 it hit its peak. I mean, like maybe two episodes in. I mean, what what was your thoughts on that last uh, well, episode? So are we, we going to do spoilers here? Well, we don't have to do completely. We're not spoil- going to spoil. I'm just. I want. Like, I want to feel. Like, yeah. were, were you stoked on it, or were you not? I was not, and we you, did. You see my funny meme that I posted? I thought that was that was clever of me. Uh, so, like I wrote the, I the meme, but I thought it was a <laughs> no. great share. Somebody shared with me. Um, I we watch this every weekend right now with uh, Katrina's family. There's like about twelve of us that all get together, and it's been it was a tradition every throughout this season. We all got together and watched it, and there was lots of dialogue leading up to this last thing. Who's gonna Who's gonna kill who? Who's gonna be the the final king? Whatever. Right. And I, I, the definitely the room at the end of the show was kind of like, wah, wah, wah. yeah, like, underwhelmed. Meh. Yeah, 
It really, it really was. You know, I, it, I guess it's hard when when a show that had so many peaks in it and yeah. just amazing moments to live up to that. Um, but I think that's been the consensus uh, uh, across the board for everybody that's that watched this show was yeah they kind of set the tone really high with just so many shocking like twists and turns that they were just constantly throwing at you so I definitely was not super impressed with the last two episodes well actually the last one the second to last was okay but anyway I bring that up because they are already working on a series to kind of follow up with that uh, HBO is is going through a, a couple different pilots that are trying to like bring up prequels to oh. Westeros and so the That's thing the- is dude this is a cash cow and yep. how can we squeeze it even further right so it, it hit some right I read that too yesterday that hits the that last episode hit some crazy I want to say like 13.2 million viewers watched that last uh Pretty much everybody but Sal. Yeah, watch that last. Yeah. That last. Yeah. All, all the anti. You know, <laughs> what are you guys talking about? All, popular. All six. Oh, of this them. is popular. Oh, yeah. that must be stupid. You and the five other people yeah. listening right now that <laughs> 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 didn't watch it. Everybody else watched it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. It hit, hit all time records. You know, and how do you feel about that? Like, I, I go back and forth on on that where we, you know. It, it, for a for business reasons, it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get it. Like I get why you would do that. Like you would be. I guess you would be a fool if you are in charge of HBO to not capitalize on the traction that this show has already got. But I I don't know if I'm personally a, a fan of it because sometimes I think it like it's like a watching a fighter yeah. or an all star basketball player fight past their prime. Yes, yes, it's go, never going to be as good. Right. It's I mean, like it's, it's almost better that you 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 leave us hanging and we're forever talking about it and wishing that there was more. Well, the market the market will determine that, right? Yeah. I think there's such a market demand that they that they have to make this bet and then. Right. If nobody watches it, that's no, everybody. It. But you're right. It's like that athlete that oh, I'm retiring, and you know, and then they come back again, you know, a couple seasons later, and you're like, come on, really, yeah. dude, you you ended on such a peak, right? Yeah, that's why, what why I come back. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. Yeah, the market's already determined. It's gonna. It's worth it financially. It's yeah. there's no doubt. I mean, half the viewers could come in to tune into I would watch it just yeah. because I want to see right I feel like it elevated uh, a lot of competing type of franchises out there like every, every other platform wants to be able to create an epic show like that like that's that's you could see that already these different uh ideas that are being pitched around in like again like I brought up the Mandalorian like they're trying their best to put money in that direction to make it that uh compelling and gripping and and capture that that kind of momentum that Game of Thrones had well it's crazy when you think about the the time like how many seat was it seven eight seasons eight seasons and then some of those episodes at the end were 70 80 plus Dude, minutes long each one of them was like a movie yeah that's a that's a lot. that's a lot of creative writing that's a lot yeah. and a lot to follow what i what i found you must i mean they they, they have a lot of time to tell a really good oh story my god it's yeah. so vast so it, many families you know, involved what's what, what i'm interested to see is if we continue this where we we drip things on a weekly basis or you'll see more and more people release series the way netflix does where it's like the whole series out because one of the things that I felt that was I watched from the beginning, so I I was hooked on Game of Thrones season one. Mm-hmm. I've watched every year when it's came out, and the thing the knock that I have on that long form where I actually felt uh, the the negative sides of that is I was watching it with my family who they binged all the seven seasons before the month before. Mm. 
So we're all watching. Here I feel like the bigger diehard GOT fan because I've been watching since the beginning. I've watched every year and can't wait. But because they watched it all together, they know more. Oh, way more. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you forget it all. Yeah, like they're and they know I'm a fan, so they're looking at me like, "Oh, could you believe?" It? And they're like, and I'm like, "Fuck, I don't remember." Well, that's a tough argument because it does create urgency. You know, like like having to anticipate and like everybody's on that same schedule, so it's like it's being talked about more in hype, leading into, "Well, I don't know what's going right. to happen." You know, it had that sort of element. You, you kind of remove that element when you put it all out there right away. Well, the That's question is, point. which one makes more money? Is it the, yeah. we drop the whole season all at once and you can binge it? Or is it that we drop one episode once a week and then yeah, we Yeah, I'd like seasons. to see that, yeah. You know, which one makes more money? The good news is, we'll find out because Netflix doesn't do it that way. Netflix mm -hmm. drops the season. Yep. And yeah. you can go and watch them all. Um, HBO and I think Showtime does it the other way, right? They, right. they drop it. They drip it. And, and remember, HBO and Showtime are old media. I mean, mm. they're, they're, it's new media in the sense that they're, they're moving into the new space, but they were around for a long time. HBO's yeah. been creating content now for, for a while, and so they're following the old pattern. So I wonder, we'll find out, right? We'll see which, which one works better. It'll yeah. be interesting. Yeah, hey, you sure. know, I, uh, I, I want to tell you guys about a conversation I had on, on uh, speaking of media on Instagram. You know, one of the one post that tends to irritate the crap out of me the most, um, and there's a lot that get on my nerves, but there's one that really irritates me, and it's when you got that meathead dude that says that overtraining doesn't exist. Oh uh, yeah. You know, you guys ever get tagged on those? Well, you yes. remember I just told you that uh, Joe Rogan had um, CT Fletcher. Yeah, CT Fletcher on there, and that was his big thing was that it do overtraining doesn't exist. What a well, silly. Uh, yeah. What a silly, stupid thing to say. I, I know it's a very sound, tough, cool thing, right? but it's silly and stupid because it's not true. And studies are very clear on this. There is a optimal... Here's the thing that I would like to ask someone like that. Like someone's like, overtraining doesn't exist, okay? Is there an optimal amount of training, volume, and intensity mm. that you found for maximum results? Yeah. Is there an amount? Like, why do you do the amount of sets that you do? Why do you do... Is there an amount that you found that works best for you? Jeez. And if they say yes then anything over that is overtraining. Dude, and anything rabdo under that is, is case point yeah. that it does exist. And that's extreme, right? Yeah. And anything under that is undertraining. So the idea with your training is to find the optimal amount uh, to, to, to give you the best results. Anything over that is just doing more than you need to. Um, and, your, and a study actually just came out that compared different total amounts of volume for the week. And I don't remember what the number of sets were, but there was like a lower number, a middle number, and then a higher number. And the middle number had the best results. The lower number had less, and the higher number had less. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced this. Like if I go too much, I get less results. If I go too little, I get less results. I hate that. I hate that when people say that overtraining doesn't exist. Yeah, too much damage to repair. I mean, that's where our focus is going to be, not on adapting. And like again, it's it's dose dependent. Like, what's that proper dose that's going to help tip me over just enough to where now I'm going to set a new standard for my body versus I'm going to create too much damage that I have to just concentrate on the repair process. Oh yeah, as a, and as a trainer, the the besides helping your client change behaviors to become more healthy. The, one of the most important things you do as a trainer is help figure that out for your client. Like, yeah. okay, what's the right That's amount? Our responsibility. Yeah, what's the right amount to give you the best results? Well, you're putting so much value on the just the one one factor of many factors that that send the signal to the body to grow and adapt, right? Like it's intensity. That's the only thing you're speaking to when you speak to that, which to me is ignorant. Yeah. When you when you ignore uh, uh, rest, uh, recovery, uh, nutrition. 
Uh, I mean, there's so many other pieces that that will factor stress, you know, yeah. that factor into um, what that what that dose of training should look like. That's a good for, point for optimal performance and optimal results. And to to think that it's all based on intensity is flat out ignorant. Mm-hmm. And and it's really ignorant when you speak this way. And you don't realize that you're the minority if that's what's worked for you. Mm-hmm. Because that's worked for you and your group of meathead friends that all identify with that way of training doesn't mean that it works for a majority of the people. And even then, even the the, the people that it's currently working for or has got gotten them some somewhat results, that how long how sustainable is that long term? And you know, that's why I, I'm on the complete other side, which is I'm always trying to do as little as possible right. to elicit the most amount of change because I can always build on that. I can't what I can't do is crush every workout in the gym and expect to maintain that progression. That's just not going to happen. Well, not to mention most of the time uh we I'm seeing that message is is provided by somebody that who either is like very young, you know, and going through the process where basically, you know, any you could do anything and something's going to work. And then also the other fact that, you know, they may be anabolically enhanced. Like that's another part of the process that like it may add and provide wiggle room to be able to recover even though you're throwing it all out. And or genetically gifted. And genetically gifted. Yeah. All those factors. Cuz you got to think of there's there's there is people okay there's there's yeah, cuz this this is different from person to person right exactly there's there's natural people you know that can just get away with hammering the fuck of their body eating taco bell and can look great that doesn't mean they're healthy and it doesn't mean they're doing it the most optimal way just because we see visual change or aesthetic difference in them yeah. and when i hear people say shit like that uh like ct fletcher and when i see posts like that it's just it's ignorant it's it's and it's it's typically somebody who has maybe figured out what what has worked for them to get to them to this physical state that so many people might be aspiring to be like therefore they all of a sudden think that they're an authority in that that place and they present information like that it's just it's terrible it's terrible because it's very misleading for the average person and it it sets most people up for ultimately failure. What ends up happening to the average Jane or Joe that receives that message, then goes to the gym and starts to go get after it that way, is they inevitably they end up failing or they inevitably can't keep up that pace. Yeah. They get burnt out or uh, they're going to get an injury. And then they decide that it's just not in the cards for me. I'm not meant to look like him. I'm not meant to ever be that fit. And so fuck it. I may as well go on the other extreme and go the other direction and not even try whatsoever when no, nah, it doesn't need to be like that. Yeah, it's if it, hard work is a part of it, intensity is a part of it, but it's not all of it. And if you go to the gym with that mentality and you're determined, you're going to run into you're going to hit a brick wall and potentially hurt yourself. And so I I I really gets on my nerves when that message is being spread that there's no such thing as overtraining. You can overdo anything. In, yeah. in exercise, definitely you can overdo. Remember, it's a stress on the body. It's in the, re- that the reason why your body gets stronger in the first place is because your body's trying to adapt to the stress so that next time the same insult doesn't cause problems. Can you overcome your body with too much of that stress? Absolutely. Can you provide a, a level of stress that is suboptimal so that your progress actually slows down? Maybe you're not overtrained to the point where you're working out so hard where you're you're getting sick or hurting yourself or burning yourself out, but maybe you're just doing enough too much to where your progress is slowing down. Can that happen? 
Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I've trained people who've come to me who are real hardcore and I reduce their volume and the progress goes through the roof. That's all mm-hmm. I do. I look at them. Oh, you're doing too much. Yeah. Let's cut this, cut this down a little bit and watch what happens. Not to mention, who the fuck wants to achieve it that way? Like, who wants mm-hmm. to do I mean, it, it, I would much rather be as healthy and as fit as I can with the, right. as little as work as I need to do. Like, I would always be trying to do that. Like, I don't... The, heading that direction, you're only setting yourself up for the the guy or the girl who has to live in the gym yeah. seven days a Begrudgingly. week. Begrudgingly. Yes, like two hours a day, hammering or punishing yourself to look, just so you could look a certain way. Like, no, that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't sound good. It sounds like you got a fucking problem, is what that sounds like. No, the message needs to be the right amount of training is what's gonna give you the best results. And that is different uh from person to person. Oh, by the way, what what you, you know what we got for you this weekend? For what? Little merch sale. Oh, has everybody <laughs> lost their mind? Yeah, out of their mind. We're going insane. Yeah, like uh, I, I saw, I saw the the pricing everybody came up with. Apparently, we're just trying to get rid of our stock. We are. It's a fire sale, Sal. It's like um, fifty, some stuff, seventy percent off. Yeah, bunch all all apparel. All most mo- most apparel. All Memorial Day yeah. weekend. We yeah. want everybody outfitted with our gear. Yeah, yeah, most apparel because uh, there's a couple things, but everything else is like fifty to seventy percent off. It's like cheap as I think there's some shirts gonna be like five bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's crazy. I yeah. want to like shoot off cannons. Do you remember that? Remember those commercials in the like '90s and '80s of like used car dealerships? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going crazy. I'll eat my hat. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of my mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I understand them now. Yeah, yeah. Now it's, it makes sense. It's a Memorial Day blowout. So it ends. Uh, so the last day for this will be. Or it's all on Memorial Day, the whole well, weekend. No, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Ends Monday. So it's the whole Memorial weekend. And it's first come, first serve. So yeah, get yeah. out your credit cards. That's I think the thing that people so if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening today, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. It'll be tomorrow, right? And for sure, last we did this uh a year or two ago and sold out everything fast. So, yeah, fast. So I mean it, what we don't want to do is bombard our poor customer service side and you don't have medium, you don't have small. It's like we we sell out, we sell out. We're trying to just clear out st- current stock. So try and get on there as fast. If you're even considering, you'll want to get on there as fast as you can at the mindpumpmedia.com. And here's the thing. like If you want a medium and you're doing one of our MAPS programs, just by the large, you're going to get massive guns anyway. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. There you go. by MAPS Anabolic. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, MAPS Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpumpmedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. First question is from BWR Fit. I always hear love handles are the last thing to go along with a little stomach pooch at the bottom. I would love to hear what you guys have to say about them and what you have done to help clients get rid of them. Would you say that it's that way for everybody or just a majority? That's common. Yeah. But it's there's a there's a pretty wide Them love handles are real. Yeah. First they want to, they don't want to know what we hear about them. They're they're nice. You know, love handles, <laughs> nothing wrong with love handles. Yeah. No, I think uh it, it's different from person to person in on an individual basis, but generally speaking, men 
store body fat first in their midsection. Women tend to store it in their lower body first and maybe the back of their arms. And where you store it first the is, last place to go. is the last place for it to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think there's other factors too, though, and you've brought it up on other podcasts, so like why this area I think tends to be even more challenging. I think for inflammation reasons, I think for a, a weak TVA, I think that that uh, um, exaggerates this. Issue. Oh, the look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the stomach, the the lower stomach pooch. Now, if you're talking about body fat at the bottom of your abs, um, then yeah, you got to get leaner. But if you're talking about that, your lower belly kind of sticks out a little bit, like it's not as tight. Well, that's an exercise uh, solution. And that would be exercises like vacuum poses and whatnot. But as far as getting leaner is concerned, I mean, okay, hormones in your health do have some influence in terms of where you store body fat. For example, women on testosterone, uh, some interesting studies show that they tend to store body fat more like a man that they than they used to. It's not this dramatic change, but a little bit more. Same thing with men. If they take if they are uh, you know taking estrogen or if their estrogen levels are high, their body fat stores start to change a little bit. So it is influenced somewhat by hormones. But if you're otherwise healthy, this is all genetic and in one of the myths that just refuses to die in our space is the whole myth about spot reduction, where you can pick an area on your body and train that area, and that area will get leaner faster than other areas of your body. This or was, you can rub some sweet sweat on it, and it just disappears. Total, Yeah, total bullshit. No, no. <laughs> your, your body burns. It's a systemic fat burn that happens. So your body doesn't... You know, if I'm working my legs out, it's not like my body's like, oh, we need to burn fat from this... Sp- particular part of the body to fuel the legs it's this systemic uh fat burn and the where your body pulls from is largely based uh, on your genetics so you can't really spot reduce now you can create the illusion of spot reduction for example uh let's say i want my arms to get leaner and so i am in a calorie deficit but i'm also working my arms out as my arms become more muscular they will appear to be leaner at higher body fat percentages just because there's more muscle underneath the body fat uh, but when it comes to love handles, there's not much you could do there, right? I mean, unless besides not, developing the sides of your waist, but that's not going to be Not only that, but I remember obliques. the first, uh, my first major cut when I was heading towards competing. This was actually before I even competed my first time, but I was I knew that I was going to. So the year before, uh, and I started dieting down, and I got all the way down to 7% body fat, and I actually still had this little pooch. And I remember being like, whoa, this is crazy. This was something that as a, as a high school kid, I always had abs that was super skinny. And it wasn't until I had put on excess body fat and kept excess body fat on for many, many years uh, and then tried to lean down that I realized that I still had this. And what I noticed was every time that I would um, go back to like a caloric surplus, bulk up, put a little bit more muscle on and then come back down, I would I would chip away at that. And so it took actually about two shows of cutting and getting really, really lean before that completely went away. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm now carrying myself at a higher body fat, so I now see that right away. It comes right back to that place. And so it may seem like to some people like they're never going to get rid of it because they've never taken their body fat down that low or done that multiple times mm-hmm. to tr- really try and get those stubborn areas. But eventually, it's it's stored energy. It's stored energy, and if you keep 
pushing beyond where that's the last bit of stored energy that your body can tap from. It will eventually tap into it, but it'll use other places first. And it's just one of the last places to go. And you got to take your body to a new level of uh, leanness before you'll see it completely go. Yeah. I mean, in something else I want to touch on, like if you're, if you're healthy, if you're generally healthy, you know, good sleep, good diet, good activity, hormones seem to be imbalanced or balanced. I should say um, you will store body fat, uh, in a way that um, makes sense. I don't really know any other way to put it. Like, there is a typical way that women tend to store body fat, and there's a typical way that men tend to store body fat. And if you've ever seen a woman store body fat like a man, or vice versa, it just you can tell like something's not right. Like if you saw a woman with really skinny legs and relatively skinny arms and a big belly, it would look a bit out of place. And if you saw a man with really really uh, you know, fat thighs and, and lower body, but a skinny upper body and a relatively lean waist, something wouldn't look right. And and there's this is anecdote now. I don't, there's not a whole lot of science to support this, but there is some science and a lot of anecdote that that says that you know if your health is poor, you start to store body fat in a way that doesn't seem to make sense for your body or your gender. So you'll see women start to store more around their waist. And around their gut, you'll see men start to store more body fat in their chest um, and in their lower body. Um, and I think that's a result of hormones maybe being out of balance or maybe some some inflammation. I know belly fat is somewhat, you know, weakly maybe according to the current research related to cortisol. So a, a kind of high stress type of a lifestyle may promote more of that. Um, lots of inflammation tends to t- tends to look like gut uh inflammation there hasn't been any there hasn't been any real research on this Sal. like some but it's, it's because not- i i remember as a trainer almost always in fact i can't actually think of a single time where this wasn't uh true where if i had a, a man that actually did store by like uh you know we used to call it like the triangle right mm-hmm. where the guy was like real big bottom and then he had this tiny top which like you're to your point common to see that with my female clients, right. you know, very common that I'd have a female client with big thighs and a butt, uh, but still like a flat stomach right. and a small upper body. Right. Uh, rarely ever see that in men, but the times that I did see that in men and I had those clients, those were always my, my men that actually had low testosterone levels and high estrogen mm-hmm. levels. Mm-hmm. And, or the point that you made about storing body fat in the chest. Like if I had a guy that had, you know, put a lot of body fat on, in his uh, chest, he tend to have higher levels of estrogen or lower levels of testosterone. That mm-hmm. was almost always, every time that I can think of or recall right now, it was always that. And we don't have a lot of uh, studies we to do. support that. We do. We have some. I mean, I, it's not super conclusive only because we haven't, and I look, I agree with that. I think that's the case. I would put my money on it. But the problem is we don't have studies where we take men and women and we purposely Manipulate. change the hormones and watch what happens. What we do is we do observational studies on people who have hormone imbalances or people, and there's more and more of this happening now, where we're looking at people who go through, uh, you know, a sex change and they go on, you know, male or female hormones or hormone blockers, and then we can start to witness and watch what happens to fat storage. But I mean, my point with all this is 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 this: at the end of the day, your goal, whatever your goal is, whether it's fat loss or muscle gain, it's going to happen in a better more aesthetic way if you're healthy and balanced. That's my point. So my point is if you if you sacrifice your health for fat loss because that's your ultimate goal, you're probably not going to get the type of aesthetics you're looking for. You push your body too hard or you starve yourself too much or you 
you know, do things to yourself that end up messing with your health. Like for example, if you're a, if you're a male and you go on lots of anabolic steroids and then, you know, you go off and then hormones are out of balance and you're like super like at the end of the day, you're going to end up with more challenges uh, for aesthetics. So health comes first. And if you're healthy, then the way you'll burn body fat will, will probably be in a predictable fashion and it will look in a way that kind of makes sense. And this is, look, I'll tell you what, as a personal trainer, when you're working with, when you've worked with lots of people, I can, I'll, I'll never forget this. This was like six years of my career. I had this female client and I was doing her body fat test. And the body fat test is the, 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 the points that you typically do are bicep, tricep, subscapula, uh, suprailiac crest. Um, these are all the parts of the body. And I did all those and I went from her bicep to her tricep and I looked at the numbers and I tested it three, four times. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. Your tricep measurement is lower than your bicep measurement. This almost never happens, especially yeah, in women. Opposite. Never happens. Right. So I paused for a second and I asked her, I said, have you ever had any procedures on the backs of your arms? Yeah. And she's like, why? Lipo, uh, and she goes, why? Yeah, and I said, uh -huh. well, I said, the, 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 you're, it's interesting because body fat is almost always, actually every single time I've tested someone, it's higher in the, in the back of the arm, the front of the arm, especially women. She goes, well, yeah, I've had liposuction in the back of my arms. So, I mean, it, there is a way that people tend to store body fat that is that generally makes sense. And the healthier you are, you know, you, and you can tell this with, 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 again, with men and women. As men and women gain weight, because you can be healthy in a pretty wide range of body fat. Like a man could be 7% or he could be as high as 18%. And still be healthy, you know, the, the the still live a good, healthy lifestyle and still be have great health. Same thing with women. There can be this wide range of body fat, but still be very, very healthy. At some point, though, when the body fat gets high, then your health starts to suffer just from the body fat alone. But what you'll notice is people who are very healthy with higher body fat percentages look better. Mm. It just looks like a healthier way to store body fat on the body. Women end up getting more curves and get, dads get, or guys get that kind of dad bod where it kind of still looks good. So health makes a big difference here. Do you think if it's more balanced that it would distribute throughout your body more and not just like uh, like aggregate towards one specific area versus another? Well, it, it would it would match more of what uh, people would expect uh, a healthy man's body. It's hard to put words to because what we're talking yeah. about is aesthetics. Right. But it, you, you definitely will have less, uh, you know, visceral body fat, right? You'll have less yeah. of that inflammatory body fat. Um, I'm sure, look, we can all think of someone that we know or have met, a man, who has a big belly, but it's not, it's a hard big belly. And it looks inflamed. There's Distended. a lot of visceral yeah. body fat. Or the guy who's got all the, the body fat in his neck. And it just doesn't look, you know, healthy. Or the guy who stores body fat almost like a woman does, um, and then vice versa. So, getting healthy and being healthy only contributes to a more aesthetic way of looking in terms of your of your body fat storage. And then getting leaner, um, you know, becomes easier because a lot of us push getting leaner to the point where we think we're satisfied with our aesthetics. That mm. happens sooner when you're healthy. Next question is from Keenan Gamachi. What are the best exercises that will transfer to athletics? Mm. Oh yeah, there's a little bit of a debate here sometimes. Yeah, I think a lot of it. This, you know, what depends. You know, we always say it depends. This <laughs> yeah. depends on where you're at in your athletic depends. career. Yeah, this yeah. depends where you're at. So, if you're an early, if you're younger and you're getting into athletics, general strength like mm -hmm. squat, deadlift, overhead press, row, 
you know, get strong overall. I thought I thought that Joe DeFranco made a really good case for uh, sled pushing. Oh, yeah. very and, good. Uh, the way he broke that down and explained like the angle uh, that for you, sprint mechanics, yeah, and everything. For, yeah. And, and let's be honest, almost all athletes are sprinting yeah. at, at one point. Uh, you know, whether it's a short burst or a long, long. Uh, almost every athlete does that, and so. Uh, when he breaks down what, how that emulates the the ground forces it, from that angle really really well and transfers over to the field or whatever sport you're playing, I thought that was a really cool case. Yeah. I think that we thought when we were coming up with uh, maps performance, this is this is definitely one of those where we had to spend a lot of time thinking of what are those core values, what are those fundamental exercises that need to be included to build a base of strength. I think every athlete will benefit from having a a base of strength. And I mean the exception being some somewhat the student athlete where we're just trying to build a lot more proprioceptive ability and and uh you know movement in different directions and stability and really like stabilizing the joints. Um, but then to build like this fundamental foundational strength uh, is great. And then from there, we can get more nuanced. Like we can get to where we have the arguments of unilateral training versus bilateral training and, you know, barbells versus kettlebells and, uh, you know, more specific types of exercises that gear just to that sport. Um, I think that, um, you, you know, that's the first place we start is our fundamental strength, our, uh, you know, our backloaded squats, our, um, you know, our, our deadlifts, our overhead press, our, you know, fundamental five, you know, major lifts, I think should be part of the conversation. Yeah. And, and, and that's great when you're first getting into athletics, you want to build general overall strength later on. What's most important is specificity. And the more, as you get even more advanced, what's most important is injury prevention. Mm-hmm. That's really, you know, what separates the, the when you're at the, the top of the top, when you're training at a super high level and you're competing at a very high level where you've been doing this now for years and everybody you're competing against has been doing this for years and you guys take it all very, very seriously. The ones that uh, do the best physically are the ones that have the least injuries, the least pain and the most fluid movement. So then it becomes less about you know, and, and we know this through experience and through through the interviews now we've done with all these top level uh, you know coaches of athletes, and they'll tell you my goal is to keep them from getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not trying to get him to add 50 pounds to any of his lifts. I'm trying to keep him or her healthy, and that's what'll improve their performance. Um, but generally speaking, you know, um, I I love split stance exercise for athletes. Uh, I love uh, specific type of movements. I think the sled. Uh, pulls and drives, you know, DeFranco made a phenomenal case for it. Um, and he's the man. When I, it comes I, to I that. like a lot of like rotational type movements in there. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a, in, in your standard strength program. Cause we're, I think we all agree that the, the foundational stuff, like Justin said, has to be there, like to, to have a foundation to build on. I think the next unique type of movements in there are, are rotational type exercises included. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, I think that is missing in a lot of strength training programs, and that to me has so much carryover to all sports. Uh, I, I can't think, at least not off the top of my head, I can't think of a sport where you are in the same plane uh, the entire time. Most all of them are uh, multifaceted movements, and you are, need that rotational strength, uh, not just for protection and safety, but also for maximizing your movement in the sport. So yeah. I think like landmine rotation and uh, you know, we, um, the, 
the lunge to press with the landmine is such a cool movement that we put inside a performance. I think that's such a great movement. Yeah, I think we just started with the, you know, I wanted to start with strength just because I want to establish the fact that, you know, we need everything to mechanically communicate at a really high level before we start applying, you know, more force, more power and, you know, expressing that, you know, beyond. So, uh, to, to that point, I think rotation is, you know, insanely important for athletes to uh, to work on and to constantly express uh, within their training because that's, I mean, if you think of any sport, you know, your arm, your, your legs, your hips, everything is going to be in a rotational uh, movement. And to be able to then, um, you know, take that stance or, or wherever you are, uh, in terms of your body position and apply force to that, like you need to be familiar with that process. Yeah, let, let's give some exercises that yeah. we really like. Well, right before we do that, one of the things that I think why why I even feel like the the sense that everyone's kind of doing this right now, uh, avoiding doing that is giving specific exercises is because a bunch come to mind right away that I could think of can be awesome and terrible at the same time. Yeah, I could I could build a case for or against. It depends on what you guys right. say. Right, so I think it's... I think that the what Justin's trying to say I think is really important like the the foundation good mechanics uh, on some of these basic core lifts first are so important because uh, an ice skater or a jump box could be an incredible movement for an athlete but it can also be a horrific one too if the if your mechanics are are off and when I when I go to a, your normal big box gym and I see kids or people in general doing um, plyometrics or what we would categorize as athletic movements, a lot of times uh, the the mechanics are so poor that it's defeating a lot of the purpose of the exercise. And it goes from being a one of the best exercises that an athlete can do to one of the worst exercises mm-hmm. that an athlete can do. So I think that's important to, to note that as we rattle off some things. Yeah, I would say most people listening right now, I mean, we're going to I'm going to give you some general exercises that have a lot of carryover for a lot of sports. Again, this is general. It depends on the person I'm talking to and where you're at in your career and what your sport is. But generally speaking, I like trap bar uh, deadlifts over standard deadlifts for most sports. I like split stance exercises a lot, walking lunges, Bulgarian split stance squats. Multi-planar lunges especially. I, I love that kind of stuff. If you have the mechanics and if you know how to uh, how to do them properly in terms of uh, you know how to apply this exercise, plyometric type exercises can be phenomenal. If they're done properly, if they're done wrong, totally wasting your time. And, and to Adam's point, I have yet to see anybody in a regular gym do them right. Yeah. Only time I ever see anyone do them right is when they're with an actual strength coach uh, who understands you know the, the the purpose behind them and what you're supposed to be doing. Medicine ball work, same thing. I love overhead presses. Uh, for uh, some extra for some sports, um, again done properly. Um, the isolation type movements don't have a lot of carryover unless you have an imbalance or you, unless you need to focus specifically on an area of your body. But a lot of the bodybuilding type isolation movements probably not uh, probably not something you want to spend a lot of time doing. That's a really that's a really good point, Sal. Is like I would say that um, for sure all full body type of movements, probably uh, from the athletic perspective, trump a majority of all isolation exercises. Generally speaking, yeah. Because rarely ever is, a uh, unless you have a very specific position for a specific sport, like let's say a pitcher 
or somebody that is uh, working on one specific area. Even then, I mean, you're using right. the whole body. Right. So, but yeah, like in, yeah, unless you're sitting down and you're doing stuff just solely with your arms. Uh, but yeah, like to, to that point, I, I think it's really important to add in carries and, and ways of being able to, uh, you know, be able, be able to like sustain this load and this force while going through movement. So uh, I really like carries for that reason, yeah. like farmer carries, overhead carries, things like that, where you can, um, you, you know, you can really concentrate on stabilizing this this weight while being pulled left to right, front and back. Right. And, and, and I, w- I will say this also, uh, use weights for what weights are best used for, which is to get stronger. That's a, that's a broad application. You can get stronger in a lot of different ways. But one of the, one thing that athletes sometimes do that I think is a mistake is they think to themselves, I'm going to build lots of endurance and I'm going to use weights to do that. Probably not the best use of weights. Weights are phenomenal. Resistance is phenomenal at making you stronger uh, and improving your strength. So use it for that. Now, as you get more specific and high, high level, that may even go out the window. But for most people listening right now, don't go to your – like if you're a jiu-jitsu guy and you're like, I need more endurance. So what I'm going to do is put 10 exercises together and do a crazy circuit. Not the best use of weights. Like yeah. if you want more stamina and endurance, there's other ways to get that that are better with with resistance. The, the best thing you're getting from that is strength. So use it for that. And even to you know the plyometric point where people would think immediately like plyometrics are the best for athletes because you know it is like a, a great expression of uh, of force production. Like I could generate all this force, but to to emphasize you know uh, and highlight the importance of decelerating, I think is is something that athletes could focus a lot more on uh, because that you know if you really like reinforce the fact that I can now stabilize what force I've generated, that's where we prevent injuries and we elongate our career. The next question is from the real Josh Gill. Is there any truth behind roid rage? Is it due to improper dosing, abuse, or is it just steroids amplifying anger that's already there? Yeah, that's it's yeah, all steroids. You're already an asshole. Yeah, all steroids does is make a um, an a asshole a bigger asshole. Um, you could be, and you could be a total. And how many guys have you guys met that are super docile and nice, sweet guys that are on copious amounts of gear? So there's exceptions to every rule. Uh, this idea that uh, you know steroids make people assholes or whatever, but I mean there there's certain things that again like if you're already somebody who uh, has got a massive ego and uh, already cocky, have a temper, and then you fuel that person and you give them 20 extra pounds of muscle, like what do you think's gonna happen? Yeah, he's gonna walk around with his chest all puffed out and shoulder bumping everybody in the bar and wanting to pr- express this newfound strength that he has, so. Yeah, it, it, I think that's where we get mistaken that it's it's the steroids fault. It's like no, you have a, an asshole who is doesn't have good control of his ego and is is getting fueled by all that. Therefore, you get that. Um, if you're a, a very self aware person and already kind of a mild temper uh, temperament, and you take steroids, it, you may not see any sort of difference in your temperament whatsoever. Yeah, it, when when it comes, so here's a problem. Uh, the, first off, the question is: Is there any truth? behind roid rage. I would say there is some truth, but the way that the media portrays it is complete myth. So the, the way that the media would portray it is uh, normal guy, totally sane, takes anabolic steroids, loses his mind, murders his family, um, or you know, or gets in a, a road rage accident right. uh, on the road. Bashes and, his head on a window. Yeah. 
that's probably false. But here's here's what we do know. Um, and here's the other thing too: there are no studies on the doses of testosterone that uh, bodybuilders and athletes tend to use. Like we don't have any studies of men taking one gram or two grams of testosterone a week uh, because it's they would consider that um, what's the word uh, unethical to gather a bunch of men and give them that much testosterone to see what would happen. They just don't do that. Plus, it would have to be a long study. So we really don't know uh, from a scientific p- perspective. But here's what we do know. Does testosterone influence behavior? Absolutely. It definitely does. Testosterone is a driver of uh, libido. It's the main driver of libido in men. It is a driver of uh, dominance uh, and aggression in men, but it's also a feel-good hormone in men. So, so it's not like you take testosterone and you're pissed off. I think, uh, if anything, um, it'll, it just makes you more confident and more feel good in that sense of aggression. Because aggression doesn't mean necessarily I'm aggressive to, to, to hurt you. It may mean I'm aggressive to be more successful. I'm aggressive to accomplish my goals or whatever. In fact, uh, there's studies that show that men, w- when their testosterone levels get low, become more irritable um, and angry as a result of it because they just feel shitty. Um, so, so, But testosterone does influence brain development also. We know this where... Women given testosterone will see changes in their brain. Uh, men give, you know, with lower testosterone, their brain also starts to change, and, and so it does kind of drive behavior a little bit. It, it does do that. So, can high doses take someone who has a predisposition for uh, maybe some some outbursts of insane rage? Can it maybe push them over the edge? Possibly. I think the other thing you want to consider is. There's a bit of a, a a bias of who selects, who who self selects themselves to take steroids. Think of the average anabolic steroid, long term anabolic steroid user. I can generally say, and this is not true for all of them, but generally speaking, you're gonna have a higher rate of insecurity, a higher rate of body image issues, uh, a higher rate of uh, maybe some uh, some other types of personality issues, um, and so do those things correlate with Bad behaviors? I absolutely, I definitely think so. If you're that super insecure dude that resents the world because you got picked on when you were a kid and because you're you're whatever, you're not big, and now you're taking anabolics, and now you're this big dude, and now you're creating this big aura that I'm not the scared kid, and I, you know, I tap my body up and I shave my head and I'm fucking jacked and I'm gonna walk around. You may actually act like a complete asshole. You may actually assert yourself in a way because you're you have a kind of a personality issue, but that's a self-selection bias in the sense that if we gave everybody testosterone, I don't think you'd see more of that. I just think the yeah. type of guys that take lots of testosterone, they tend to fall uh, in that category a little bit. I've seen both. I mean, I've seen people that are you know super reasonable and they're in it just for their their own interests and you know are cool as can be and like super humble nice guys. And I've seen douchebags. And it's like. So to to pinpoint it to steroids is you know I, I think it might it might actually accentuate yeah yeah somebody who has a propensity towards uh, you know feeling this this anger and this rage uh, and wanting to express it because you know they feel this this confidence this dominance uh, you know maybe that's 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 you know more fuel in that direction yeah like but- if you took an unhealthy person like mentally unhealthy you know lots of body image issues and self image issues yeah and then you take give them lots of steroids it's going to 
just build their ego more, build this false of course sense of you know sense of self uh, even more. Look, I tell you what, I I did jujitsu for six years and I trained with a lot of pro MMA fighters who would come in and take classes all the time, and I hung out with a lot of and these are legit dudes that could kick everybody's ass. Like mm-hmm. for sure, like, if we go to the bar. They will, I mean, easy. Like they could hold, they could eat a sandwich with one hand and beat the crap out of most people with the other hand. And most of these guys who legit can kick everyone's ass, the calmest, super chill, fucking chillest. Every now and then, and and they back down. You get a dick. Yep, right. Every once in a while, wants to just choke because you got that guy who's got who's who's doing it because he's a he's a he's actually inside a scared person. But the real ass kicking dudes, they're cool. They tend to back down. Nah, man, I don't want to fight you. Like you know, whatever. But then sometimes you get these dudes that used to be 90 pounds soaking wet who've been on gear for five years and now these big, red-faced, roided-out dudes. Those guys tend to want to push everybody around and show everybody how tough they are. I don't think it was the steroids. I think that's what was inside, and the steroids just made them, like totally, Adam said, totally. a bigger you know, a bigger person. But again, can dosing affect this? We don't know, man. Yeah. We don't have any studies on guys taking three grams of test you know, for, for, I, for three years. You know, I've... I've taking lots and little and, and all and I don't really remember a major difference of like my aggression uh at different levels like for sure um I, the only thing that I I do remember I, I would you were more irritable when you yeah. first came off oh I mean, for if sure. I'm gonna be honest oh yeah what oh, about yeah. what about empathy I remember you talking about that a little bit what do you mean like as far as being while I was on it no yeah, just like feeling like you're le- you have a little less empathy when you're on versus off um I, I don't know. I think I have more empathy now because I've gone through all the hormonal stuff. So I have more empathy for for men and women that deal with hormonal issues. You know what they're going through. Yeah, because I know what they're going through and like how like depressing and, and hard that, that wow. was that was for me. Uh, I I was also probably more likely if I, I you know I got in a lot of fights when I was younger. Or definitely not as I've gotten older. In fact, I think the last time I got into a a, a major fight like a street fighter, and I was like twenty five. Uh, and I think when. I think I would be more likely to on steroids, but not for the reasons you think, not because I think the steroids uh, enhanced this or brought this rage out. It's probably because I, I'm care when I'm on gear, I'm carrying 30 pounds more muscle and I'm like, well, you want to fuck with me and test with me. I know what I'm capable of doing. And so I think that that, that may- gives you that ego, that inflates the ego right and that makes you want to test that it's not because there's this chemical inside of me that's like oh this makes me want to just punch this guy it's more like oh i'm kind of i'm fucking jacked and yoked and strong and this guy's pushing my buttons right now and that's all ego stuff that's That's what i'm saying that's not a chemical thing that's making that happen that's like my insecurity of being smaller and weaker but now being stronger and someone fucking with me and wanting to express that So I, I remember years ago I, I read this uh, interview with Hicks and Gracie, who's one of the you know of the Gracie family, widely regarded as the best jujitsu guy in the family. And someone asked them, "Hey, do you get when people come up to you?" First off, the interview said people must come up to you and fuck with you all the time, knowing that you're Hicks and Gracie. And he goes, "Oh yeah, all the time." And he says, "How do you feel about it?" And he goes, eh, "He goes, I don't care." And the guy goes, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, how would you feel if a five year old came up to you and said they want to fight you?" <laughs> and it's true because he's such a badass that he he sees a guy like that. And he's like, "Oh man," he feels sorry for him. Yeah, yeah like I don't, like this, yeah, yeah. I, you don't need to test yourself. But if you're the kind of person that you feel insecure, and then you want to test yourself because now it makes you feel better to do so or get right. someone to back down. Right. And I think that's where it gets. That's where the the this totally gets its legs. Yeah. Is that a lot of people know that guy? A lot of people know that guy. Who got on gear and then all of a sudden is acting like a badass and trying to trying to make himself feel better is all he's trying to do. Yeah. Uh, but 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 testosterone does 
have some behavioral changes. It's just like when women are on estrogen or birth control, they're subtle, right? Like they say that women will have different preferences in men, maybe have a little bit different you know, preferences in, in foods and whatever. I think that the changes are subtle. It's, and it's funny, like if you ask guys, uh, uh, you know, hey, does your libido go up on testosterone? Everybody be, yeah. Does your aggression go up? No. Well, it drives both of those things. But aggression doesn't necessarily mean aggression to fight. Yes, yeah. it's total or, or angry. Right, because I could put the spin on the pot. Yeah, Man, I tell you what, when the, the aggression that I get when I'm on testosterone is to work out more exactly. and to be more productive. Like I get up earlier, I work harder through the day, like I'm in positive mood, like I'm happier. Like there's a lot of positive things that comes from the the high hormone levels. That's what I mean. Like I think people think of aggression as this uh in the context of anger and uh, abusing Smashing people. Yeah. That is aggression, yes. But there's another side to aggression where like you can meet you can meet people who are who've never gotten in a fist fight, never been violent towards anybody, who are just extremely successful at a particular endeavor. They've that they're aggressive towards success, towards that endeavor. Everybody listening knows what I'm talking about because you've experienced it yourself. You've had a goal and you've just like, I'm gonna fucking accomplish that. And it's an aggressive feeling. That's what testosterone drives. As far as the anger and how you take it out on people. That's a personality behavioral issue. Right. And if you've got that issue, sure, testosterone can fuel that because now you feel like you're invincible. Yeah. Although, I'm going to tell you something right now. Uh, that, yeah, sure, a, a stronger person is going to be more formidable than a weaker person, but it doesn't guarantee you're going to be a badass. So if you're on gear and you think you're about, I've seen far too many dudes that were massive get the asses handed to them by people who are 50, 60, even 100 pounds smaller than them. And that is a hard fall, man. That is a hard fall from ego. Like, oh, I thought I was tough. Yeah. And this 150-pound dude just put me to sleep. Next question is from A. Russell Fit. What kind of dating advice will you give your sons? <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> I like cool. this question. No, it's a good question. Yeah. I mean, this is a tough one because, uh, I mean, I don't really know what the world's going to look like by the time they're yeah, ready well, to date. Well, don't you guys think, too, like, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my brain around this question right now. Don't you guys think that the it'll be different at different stages in his life. Right? Totally. Like, I, I mean, I, I wrote a post about love uh, not that long ago, and I feel like I would love to give that advice to my son, but he probably won't be ready for that type of advice till he's like 20-something. Sure. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that's probably way above his, his, his thought process at, you know, 16, dating his first love or his first girlfriend or like that. So, mm -hmm. where, I mean, Sal, you're the closest to this. You yeah. just recently mentioned that you're, your son's kind of talking to girls now and yeah. he's interested in that. So like, what, what are you talking to him about right now? Well, I'm, what I'm telling him to do, because I think the tendency is to want to tell your kid, like, don't trust anybody and take care of, you know, protect yourself <laughs> yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. Okay. So here's the deal. You, he's hundred percent. He's going to get hurt. That's just, everybody does. It's just a, a part of life. What I don't want him to do is to, uh, become, um, jaded, uh, by what may happen. Jaded by he likes a girl and then she says she likes him but then she doesn't like him or maybe she likes his friend or jaded that a girl broke up with him or viewing girls as a, in a particular way. Like I want him to know that that's part of the process and to always show respect. So to, so what I told him is, look, I said, I said, first of all, don't lie. So whatever girl you're talking to, if you really like her, tell her you really like her. If you don't like her, you just like her attention Make sure you tell her you don't really like her. And, and that may feel hard for you, but she may really like you. And if you don't tell her that you, you're don't not interested in her that way, 
that could be very hurtful for uh, to, for her. So be very, very honest. I also told him that, you know, we had the sex talk and all that stuff. And I said, you know, there's going to be things that you're going to want to do with a girl, um, but uh, it's much more valuable and it's worth way more when you actually really care about each other. So think about that as well. I'm not trying to demonize anything too. I don't want to tell my kids like, don't do this and don't do that because if they're anything like I am or I was, I just go in the opposite direction. So it's, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, I, and I tell them respect, show her respect, be very honest. Make sure if you really like a girl um, that you say nice things about her to your friends because mm-hmm. what you don't want to happen is you you try to sound cool to your buddy and you talk about this girl and then you really get serious with this girl and then you feel weird when your buddy's around this girl because now you've said bad things. Said, Always say nice things about her if you really like her. If she's a, you know crappy or whatever, say what you want. And you know, but again, don't date her. Um, you know, say nice things. Be just be a good human being is is kind of you know generally what I talk about because especially with sons, I think sometimes dads do the whole, you know, hey, you like that, you know, girl, and make sure you, you know, you're not doing him any favors by by talking about. He's gonna get plenty of that from his buddies. I, I yeah. really like the the respect and honesty thing, mm-hmm. um, especially the honest thing because when I think of one of the the first big lessons that I learned uh, dating girls and then eventually dating women was. Early years in middle school, junior high, high school days, uh, you know, if you didn't like a girl or you wanted or if you were with a girl, then you wanted to break up. You sent your friends over to break up to her or you uh, you lied about the reason why you couldn't be together or why you didn't want to hang out Mm -hmm. or, you know, you're you're so scared to be honest with them or even yourself that you hid behind all of your insecurities and you weren't more open and vulnerable and honest with them. And uh, no matter how hard of the conversation is, and there's going to be very hard ones, son, you know, you're going to have these things that you are afraid to say. But if it's truly how you feel and how you think, I think it's really important that you express that. That was something that I I learned later. And it was one of the best lessons because I'd like to think that for the most part, most all the girls that I, I dated um, I have a, a pretty good relationship with or have a pretty good uh, you know, view of who I am as far as my integrity and honesty and who I am as a person mm-hmm. because I got really good later on of being really honest. And the more honest that I was, even if it might have hurt their feelings or even if it might have broke their heart, I think that later on they always end up respecting you more for being honest to them. And I think in, in, in relationships – uh, is you know especially with uh, you know being a boy and a girl uh, dating or dating a young girl is this uh, you know propensity to want to lie and deceive and you know and do that type of stuff and I think that that will not only hurt you the most and potentially hurt others it also uh, tarnish you and in in uh, your name and your integrity and I think that's really important and so learning to establish those behaviors at a very young age I think is really important but man I, I it's really hard for me to wrap my brain around first of all not because I don't have my son yet and you know what stages of his life will, will he need the, the, the what advice you'll at? be talking about dating robots by that time yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny because my oldest he's already interested in a girl and like they hold hands and stuff and I mean he kind of talks about her but they're just really good buds you know and so I'm for the most part, it's super innocent at this point, like his age and everything, uh, and, and just getting the attention is everything, right? And I think as he as it progresses and he gets older, I just want to remind him to just play it slow, you know, to to really befriend 
uh, you know, this girl he's interested in and, and learn way more about her as much as possible before just like getting this. I mean, we, we, we get in this trap of like being infatuated with somebody and then we just uh, like everything. You, you just stop hanging out and, and, and it gets like irrational after a while where all you can think of like this physical, you know, demand that you have, like this drive <laughs> that you have going. I remember those days. And just to be, stay cool, man. You know, keep your cool. Like, well, like I play rem- slow. I rem- the age of like what I think you're alluding to right now. That like probably I would say, fifteen to twenty ish is a way different conversation than the totally. nine to twelve ish right. age or whatever like that. Like I I remember being a young teenage boy, and my advice to that kid because I remember like oh god my my poor high school girlfriend if she listens or ever hears like. You know, all when I when when your hormones are flying, all you want to do is kiss and make out and fool around, and like yeah. that's all that Just was physically driven. Oh like yeah, crazy. to yeah. a point where it would cause fights between me and my girlfriend because that's yeah. all I wanted to do. You know, because mm-hmm. that's all my hormones are driving everything at that point, and I don't have the awareness yet to really be aware of that. Like you, you just want it. You know, you want it. You can't understand why your girlfriend doesn't want it all the time like you, and so you cause this back and forth yeah. thing. So I would probably come the come the fuck if he's going to end right. up being anything like me. I definitely would have that conversation around that time like, in my go work out, like go play a sport, go do something, be active, be busy. <laughs> you know, as a distraction because it, it will it'll consume you as as, yeah. as a younger boy going through that process of like that physical thing. It's new, and yeah. it, especially when you first start dating girls or talking to girls. Like I'm talking like 13, 14 years old it's like and the, one of the reasons why i told my boy to be just honest is i think at that i know how i was at 13 if i if a girl liked me i liked her back like just because yeah. she liked me you know i didn't maybe i didn't really like her but it was a girl and she's giving me attention and so that's one of the conversations i had with him too i'm like hey look just because a girl's giving you attention doesn't mean you you have to like her or that you actually like her it's okay to be honest with yourself and with her and be like no i, I think i just want to be friends the other thing too is that you know the the world has changed quite a bit. Like kids don't talk on the phone anymore. This is quite interesting. It's all text. Mm-hmm. So I've had the conversation around that. And I told my son, I said, I recommend if you do like a girl and you guys are texting each other to get on the phone and have phone calls. I said, because here's what will happen if you don't do that. The first time I take you guys or the first 10 times I take you guys to take you guys to the mall to hang out, you're not going to know what the hell to say to each other. It's going to be super yeah. awkward because you're used to texting. Get on the phone talk to each other. I think it also will reduce the, you know, the, the amount of shit because I think through text people feel safe to say oh, and yeah. do whatever. Yeah, and it gets uh, misinterpreted, yeah. you know, like a lot of times too. That's a trap, like and plus text is traceable, all that weird stuff to go with. I think yeah, between phone calls or like, you know, those video chats, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. No, that's really good advice because you I would think that's got to be probably a big challenge for the generation growing up right now is that you know, they. I remember when Enzo first told us that that's how you talk to a girl at a party. I thought that was so insane to me that you Facebook friend her first before you walk over and talk to her. Imagine how awkward that would be. You just text and then you see each other. Uh, right. Like, you, you, yeah, yeah, you've built this whole relationship on Facebook or Instagram or on uh, whatever platform. And then you actually get in front of each other and you're like a different person. Yeah. Because yeah. some people are really confident behind a phone and can do all that stuff. And then they get in person and they all of a sudden clam up and they get all socially mm-hmm. awkward. And this person, if this ends up being a partner, a boyfriend, girlfriend, or a 
one day a, a lifelong partner, you're going to have to live with each other and be yeah. around each other 24-7, not always having this uh, medium of a, of a virtual uh, social media between yeah. you, you. The know? other thing, too, and this this is just, and I'll apply this to anything uh, when it comes to kids, because the biggest, the most popular question I get asked is, how do I get my kids to eat healthy? Um, and this is the same thing, you know, because I could tell you all day long what you can say to your kid, but what they're going to learn the most is what they observe and watch. So if you want your son to be a certain way right. to girls, then you need to be that way to his mom or to your girlfriend or whatever woman you're around with them. That's where they're going to learn it. That's where they'll mm-hmm. learn the, the, the how they should behave around the opposite sex is what they're observing. If they see you say, hey, you make sure you respect girls, but then you yell at their mom and you're disrespectful and you're a shitty person, that's the example that they'll learn. That's what they'll internalize. They'll go, oh, that's how you know women are treated or that's how you know relationships are. It's what they're going to be watching. So at the end of the day, what you say is that nearly as important is how you behave. And so if you want to raise sons that have good dating lives and good relationships. You want to raise self-confident sons who know that they're cared for, who also have a father or mother who treat the opposite sex with respect, but also treat themselves with respect. At the end of the day, I think that's the probably the best thing you could possibly do. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. They're all absolutely free. You can also find us all on Instagram. Uh, you can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. You can find my page at Mind Pump Sal. And Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.